When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. I'm Stephanie Safarian, and this is episode 86. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hello there, thanks for joining me. Today I'm identifying 10 things that make your home feel cluttered even when it's clean. We're also talking today about the perceived inverse relationship between clutter and cleanliness. Now stay with me here for a moment. I recently had a friend over for lunch and she gave me a very nice compliment. She said, and I quote, your home is so clean. I smiled and I said, thank you, of course, but to be honest, my house was not particularly clean that day. There were dust bunnies everywhere. There was dog hair on the floor. I had given the bathroom a wipe down, but it was a cursory wipe down and it certainly wasn't sparkling. You get the picture. I sat with my friend's compliment long after she left and I found myself wondering what she really meant. I came to the conclusion that what my friend was commenting on was not so much the cleanliness of my house, but more on the fact that it was free of clutter. And that, my friends, is because we as humans associate clear spaces with cleanliness, and on the inverse, we associate clutter with the dirtiness. So that's what we're talking about today. If you've already decluttered, but your home still feels messy, this is the episode for you. And it's my sincere hope that today's episode improves both the flow and the functionality of your space in ways that make sense for your family. I just want to dive right in today, but before we do, a quick note that this episode is sponsored by Packed Apparel. Packed creates wardrobe staples from certified organic cotton in fair trade certified factories, and that's why I am Packed's newest and biggest fan. I am quite picky about my clothing, and Packed checks off all the boxes for me comfort, fit, quality, and sustainability. Now, I was fortunate to interview Packed CEO Brendan Sinnott. Check it out if you haven't already. It's episode 84, titled Why Organic Cotton is King. Now, let's dive right in. Enjoy. Reason number one why your home still feels cluttered, even though it's clean, is you have too much furniture. If it's hard to walk from point A to point B in your home because of all the furniture, if you find yourself sidestepping those side tables and floor lamps and whatever else, you may have too many pieces. Similarly, the pieces that you do have and you do need, they may be oversized 
which is to say that they're simply too big for your space. Now, if you watch a lot of HDTV like I do, you know that when stagers come in to stage a home before a sale, they do one of two things. They either A, take out 80% of the homeowner's furniture and move around what's left, or B, they take out 100% of a homeowner's furniture and replace it all with smaller pieces. And that's because less furniture and smaller furniture makes homes feel bigger 100% of the time. If you think you have too much furniture in your home, and certainly if the pieces you do have you don't use and you don't need, consider passing select pieces along. High-quality pieces in solid condition can be resold, while cheaper or older items can be given to someone in need. Know that furniture that's free almost always goes quickly, so go ahead and use that to your advantage. Reason number two why your home still feels cluttered? All the stuff on your refrigerator. Now, a cluttered refrigerator door is my pet peeve, and I know I'm not alone on this. I am a huge proponent of taking everything off the refrigerator door. Every single thing. Kids' school papers? Gone. Invitations to birthday parties? Extract the important information, put it on your calendar, and recycle that invite. Photographs? They have no place on your refrigerator door. Put them in an album. Old holiday cards? It's August. It's time to let them go. Try a clear refrigerator on for size for one week. Give it a full seven days. Consider it an experiment. I'm willing to bet you will come to love that clear and quiet space after that initial transition period. But if you don't come to love it, and if it feels a little too bare for your liking, know that you can absolutely put some items back up. Just be intentional about what you do put up, and remember the cardinal rule of minimalism. Less is always more. All right, reason number three, overstuffed bookshelves. Overstuffed bookshelves just scream messy, don't they? Now, I hate letting go of books. I hate it. Books are my Achilles heel. I've talked about this on the show before. But if you've already decluttered your books and are 100% certain that the ones you've decided to keep are the ones you absolutely will never part with, go to links to then organize your bookshelves. Here are four suggestions to do just that. Number one is to arrange your books in ascending order. Number two is to push all the books to the front of the shelf so they're lined up evenly and create a flawless and smooth face. Number three is to intersperse a trinket here or there to break up the visual monotony of book spine after book spine. And finally, suggestion number four is to turn some books horizontally and pile them on top of one another to, again, break up all that visual monotony of books on a bookshelf. If none of these tricks work, I hate to say it, but you have no choice except to do a second declutter of the books. And that's because fewer books on a bookshelf almost always solves the cluttered bookshelf problem. Reason number four why your home still feels cluttered even when it's clean is you have excessive wall art. Stuff on the walls can drive us into sensory overload and fast, so take some down, especially the pieces you're iffy about. 
Maybe you have a painting up on the wall that you never really liked, but you wanted to fill the space on the wall. Take that one down. The space will definitely feel bare for a few days, and you'll find yourself questioning my judgment. But still, don't put it back up. See if you grow to love that white space. If you don't, and if you choose to put that original portrait back up, do it because you miss the artwork and genuinely want to look at it every day because it improves your day and enhances your mood, and not because you want to just willy-nilly fill that empty space. It's often assumed that we must, and I'm doing air quotes over must over here, we must fill bare walls. And when you go to other homes, you may notice that there are frames everywhere, right? And while there's nothing wrong with filling bare walls if you're covering them with pieces that spark joy, to use a KonMari term, I suggest you consider challenging the assumption that walls need wall art. If the wall art in your home serves no purpose other than to fill empty space, perhaps you don't truly need it at all. The bottom line here and the very rule I follow in my own home is if it doesn't add genuine and lasting value to my life or my family's life, it has no place in our home, period. On to reason number five, you have trinkets everywhere. I did an entire episode on decluttering trinkets. It was way back, episode seven. If you know you have a trinket problem, go back, listen to episode seven, and do a deep dive into the how and why to get to the bottom of your trinkets problem. Trinkets on every surface collect dust, so they require time on your part to clean and maintain. Trinkets create visual overstimulation, especially when you have a lot of them. And finally, when you have too many of anything, in this case, we're talking about trinkets, right? You never really see any of them. You never really give yourself the opportunity to enjoy them when they're competing for your attention with dozens of other trinkets. Think about a place in your home that holds decorations. For me, it's the built-in shelving in my dining room. How often do you look at your decorations? And when I say look, I mean, how often do you really look? How often do you stop? You gaze, you stare even, and you allow yourself to feel the emotion or you allow yourself to be transported to a happy memory of a place or a person through that decoration. How often does that happen, really? I'm guessing your answer is it doesn't happen all that often, and that's because we're busy and we don't have time to really stop and really stare and really enjoy our decorations. But this problem can be easily solved by displaying less. Now, reason number five, all about trinkets, and reason number six go hand in hand, and that's because reason number six why your home still feels cluttered and messy, you have out-of-control collections. Back before I described myself as a minimalist, and back before I had children, to be honest, my husband and I did an awful lot of traveling. I, for some reason, decided I wanted to bring home a teapot from different countries we visited as a way to remember each trip. Now, as a side note here, I have no idea where I got this crazy idea. I don't like tea all that much. We don't use teapots. Anyway... As we traveled more and more and I brought home more and more exotic teapots, I realized very quickly that while my teapots were beautiful individually, they looked like a gigantic mismatched mess 
when displayed together. The teapot from Japan offered a much different aesthetic than the one from Chile, if you know what I mean. So when it comes to collections and when it comes to excessive trinkets, I have come to internalize Joshua Becker's ideas on the topic. Joshua Becker says that when you intentionally decide to display fewer items, those small but curated pieces are empowered to come to the forefront and really shine because your most treasured items are no longer competing for your attention amidst all the other teapots or all the other dolls or all the other trinkets or whatever it may be. So if you have a beloved collection of something, or if you have too many trinkets, you have three options as I see it. You can either A, donate some, B, rotate them so only a few are on display at a time, or C, quarantine box them, which essentially means you put them in a box out of sight and see if you miss them. If you don't miss the items in the quarantine box after a period of three to six months, that's your cue to go ahead and let them go. Just be sure to let them go responsibly, of course. Moving right along to reason number seven, why your home still feels messy and cluttered. This one is a no-brainer. It is the cord chaos. We all have cords, right? They are a part of 21st century living. The problem with cord piles is that they can quickly become unruly. And the worst part about cord piles is that they are absolutely hideous. I have two quick tips for you to manage the cord piles so they do not become unruly and they do not become hideous. Number one is to use repurposed twist ties or those little plastic nubs from bread bags as a way to label your cords. Or you could also repurpose toilet paper rolls by folding up cords and sticking individual cords in the toilet paper roll as a way to keep them contained and organized and manageable. All right, we are moving so fast here. We're on to reason number eight, why your home still feels messy, despite the fact that you already decluttered it. You've got piles. Even piles that are quote-unquote organized, look messy, and give off a cluttered vibe. As a side note here, one pile I hear of often is the mail pile. Nip this in the bud by getting into the habit of sifting through your mail the second you remove it from your mailbox and save yourself the headache of sifting through it later. I've gotten into the habit of putting the junk mail straight into the gigantic recycling bin in my garage before even stepping a foot in my house, and that's because junk mail does not need to be granted admittance to come inside my home. It just doesn't need to be there. It's junk mail for a reason. Now, a side note to the side note is if you have a gigantic junk mail problem, I highly suggest you consider for both your sanity and for the planet to take the 10 minutes to remove yourself from marketing and catalog mailing lists. I did an entire episode on exactly how to do just this. It was episode 13, if you're interested. Take a listen and put in the 10 minutes. There's nothing hard about it, and you will thank me later. Reason number nine is you have entryway woes. When returning home after a long day, the first thing you see is your entryway. So an entryway can literally make or break your mood the moment you step foot in the door. 
Make your entryway a priority by putting things away the moment you walk inside. Also, have a system for shoes. There's absolutely nothing worse than opening the door only to trip over the shoes that are just sitting there because they don't have a system. The shoe system is different for everyone, but what works for my household is baskets. My kids are little, but even they know that when they come home, their shoes must come off immediately and they must go in their respective bin. I like bins because they're easy enough for even my two-year-old to master and they serve as a container too to literally contain the shoes. One final thought here when it comes to entryways, if you live in a climate like I do with distinct changing seasons, rotate out your jackets and the shoes you're not wearing. There's no need to have your winter boots and your parka out in the entryway during the summer. Take all the off-season stuff out, wash it, organize it, and get in the habit of sifting through it at the end of every season This is a powerful way to get yourself in the maintenance mindset. We've talked about this before on the podcast. Maintenance mindset means you're continually decluttering, you're continually performing maintenance in your house so that you never again have to do that major overwhelming declutter because you're doing it all the time in little chunks. You're always performing maintenance. All right, the final reason why your home feels cluttered and messy despite the fact that it's decluttered, is you have too many toys. I hear this all the time. Moms and dads who declutter the toys often don't declutter enough of them. The result is overflowing bins of plastic toys that still look cluttered despite your best efforts. I understand nobody wants their child to be depraved, and so even though we know better, we often keep too many toys around. Now, the solution here is so simple. Do a second declutter of the toys. Since you've already done that first toy declutter, pat yourself on the back and know that you've already cleared out a lot of the noise. You've already executed a first sweep through. On your second sweep through, be a bit more discerning. Keep wood, for example, donate plastic. If you're having a really hard time in the playroom or if your children are putting up legitimate fights, Get a big basket and fill it with the items you're not ready to let go of just yet. Put as much in as needed as to make your toy space in your home feel decluttered. And now take that basket and put it in the basement or in the attic or somewhere out of sight and conduct that experiment again. Sit back and see if your children ever even ask for those toys in that bucket. Alternately, You could use that basket as your rainy day backup plan for when your kids are restless and bored and need something, quote, new to play with. Toy rotation is real and it's amazing. Minimalists love it. And it's also a potential solution to the cluttered toy woes of many parents. All right, there you have it. I'm going to go ahead and go through those 10 things one more time, just as a quick recap. Number one is you have too much furniture. Number two, too much stuff on the refrigerator. Three, overstuffed bookshelves. Four, excessive wall art. Five, you have trinkets everywhere. Six, you have out-of-control collections. Seven, there's cord chaos. Eight, too many piles. Nine, 
You've got entryway woes. And finally, number 10, there are too many toys. This episode moved so fast, and if you like to see things in writing like I do, please know that I have everything we talked about today written down in this week's show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 086. That's M-A-M-A minimalist.com forward slash 086. On next week's episode, we are talking about eco-anxiety and eco-guilt. We're talking about what on earth they are, the differences between the two terms, and what we can do when we're suffering with either eco-anxiety or eco-guilt, or in my case, both of them. I will see you then. Take care.